So there are like about 5,000 kilometers of tunnels built every year. And this number is growing every year. So we are building more and more tunnels. But we also have to maintain all these tunnels. So all these tunnels are aging and we need to make sure that we are able to maintain these tunnels economically. Maintaining a tunnel requires many hours of dedicated work by highly skilled engineers. And as our network of tunnels expand, so does the maintenance demand. Asset owners and local authorities have been under pressure for years to find a cost-effective way of monitoring and maintaining their underground infrastructure. And now, engineers in Switzerland have turned to the complex structure of the human brain to find the solution. Hello and welcome to Engineering Matters. I'm Alex Conacher. This week we bring you an episode from our sister programme, The Tunnelling Podcast, which is made in partnership with the British Tunnelling Society. You can find out more about them from our website, tunnelling.reby.media. This episode will cover a technology that will revolutionise not just the tunnelling sector, but all engineering. Imagine watching hours and hours of CCTV surveillance footage of tunnels. Mile after mile of dark surfaces, no point of reference. It's laborious and a strain on the human brain. But that's just it. The brain itself is brilliant. And if it didn't get tired or distracted, it would be perfect. Enter artificial intelligence. We've touched on it before. Listeners may remember episode 47, Breathalyzing Whales, where we also looked at counting the number of penguins in the Antarctic with a combination of drone footage and AI. We have plans to look at AI more in future too, but for now I leave you in the capable hands of the hosts of the Tunnelling Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Tunnelling Podcast. I am John Young. And I'm Rian Owen. This month, we are taking a virtual trip to Switzerland to hear how engineers have developed a tunnel monitoring method that can reduce maintenance inspection times by more than 60% and save asset owners thousands of hours of skilled labour time. And as is so often the case with great technological leaps, it is nature that holds the key to the solution. But before we head to Switzerland, we first of all need to understand how our brains process information and generate outputs. The brain is made up of a large web of nerve cells called neurons. These neurons have two main types of branches coming out of their cell bodies. Dendrites receive incoming messages from other nerve cells. Axons carry outgoing signals from the cell body to other cells, such as a nearby neuron or muscle cell. Interconnected with each other, neurons are able to provide efficient, lightning-fast communication. A neuron communicates with other cells through electrical impulses when the nerve cell is stimulated. Within a neuron, the impulse moves to the tip of an axon and causes the release of neurotransmitters, chemicals that act as messengers. Neurotransmitters pass through the synapse, the gap between the two nerve cells, and attach to the receptors on the receiving cell. This process repeats from neuron to neuron as the impulse travels to its destination. 
a web of communication that allows you to think, feel and communicate. In the late 1940s, American scientists Warren McCulloch and Wilter Pitts designed a computational model for artificial neural networks. This was built upon over the decades that followed to create ever more complex webs of decision making. Today, artificial neural networks, known usually as just neural networks, are structured very much like the natural brains that inspired them. They are a collection of connected units and nodes called artificial neurons. Each connection, like the synapses in a biological brain, can transmit a signal to other neurons. An artificial neuron that receives a signal then processes it and can signal neurons connected to it. The signal at a connection is a real number and the output of each neuron is computed by some non-linear function of the sum of its input. The connections are called edges. Neurons and edges typically have a weight that adjusts as the learning proceeds. The weight increases or decreases the strength of the signal at a connection. Neurons may have a threshold such that a signal is only sent if the aggregate signal crosses that threshold. Typically, neurons are aggregated into layers. Different layers may perform different transformations on their inputs. Signals travel from the first layer, the input layer, to the last layer, the output layer, possibly after traversing the layers multiple times. Neural networks learn or are trained by processing examples, each of which contains a known input and a known result, forming a probability-weighted association between the two, which are stored within the data structure of the net itself. The training of a neural network from a given example is usually done by determining the difference between the process output of the network, often a prediction, and a target output. This is the error. The network then adjusts its weighted associations according to a learning rule and using this error value. Successive adjustments will cause the neural network to produce output which is increasingly similar to the target output. And after a sufficient number of these adjustments, the network will be ready to perform its duty in the real world. These networks learn to perform tasks by considering examples, generally without being programmed with specific rules. For example, in image recognition, they might learn to identify images that contain cats by analysing example images that have been manually labelled as cat or no cat and using the results to identify cats in other images. They do this without any prior knowledge of cats. For example, that they have fur, tails, whiskers and cat-like faces. Instead, they automatically generate identifying characteristics from the examples that they process. The reason why to use artificial intelligence now is that to use artificial intelligence, we need a lot of computation power. And recently we got computers with much more RAM and, and much better graphical cards, so we can actually do that. It's also quite cheap to rent uh, computation power in the cloud, which is what we actually do. We also need large data sets. So we need a lot of inspections that were already done to train the neural network uh, to do the work for us. So with the, with the digitalization, which is a topic in tunneling, we actually have these data sets and with our history in tunnels. So these things go well together. This is Alzabeta Prokopova.
She works for Amberg Technologies, which is part of the Amberg Group of Companies, known worldwide not least for the Hagerback Test Gallery in the Swiss Alps, where all sorts of tunneling technologies are tried and tested. And another thing that we need uh, are good models of the neural networks. And recently, uh, well, mostly in the universities and scientific um, environment, were developed uh, much better models of the neural network that we can just, let's say, reuse and fine-tune for our needs. Uh, So we are actually using a neural network model that was originally developed for microbiology and surprisingly works well for tunneling as well. For those familiar with the tunnel inspection process, the similarity between the black and white photos used in microbiology and the scanned images of a tunnel lining would be immediately apparent. We mostly have black and white pictures, so that's uh, also what you get from the microscopy and micro in the microbiology. And also we don't have such a huge data set. So mostly when we talk about neural networks, then we talk something like autonomous driving cars and so on. And they have uh, millions of pictures. And we have just thousands of kilometers. <laughs> so we are in completely different range of data set size. So we needed some neural network that will perform well with not such a huge data sets. The tunnel inspection regime goes something like this. First, the tunnel is closed to usual operations and images of the internal surfaces of the tunnel lining are captured. Actually, what we do is that we scan the tunnel. So we use mobile mapping to collect the data. So the the normal, the next step would be that uh, somebody takes the data in the office, uh, goes through all the data and do, uh, we call it pre-inspection. Uh, and then go back to the tunnel and just verify the data. The scan of the tunnel walls produces a series of black and white images that show to a well-trained eye the condition of the tunnel lining. Every single one of those images, many, many thousands over the length of the tunnel, is meticulously inspected by an experienced engineer. The images are marked up to show all the cracks and deformations visible in the scans. Then the tunnel is closed for a second time and the engineer will inspect the site of the cracks to determine if any action is needed. Yeah, it's it's not the most inspiring job in the world. So so it's really a routine job. Uh, the, the problem there is that you really need an experienced people to do it because it's not so easy to see the damages and, and do really a good job with this kind of data. So you need to have an experience and to know what you are looking for. So that means that you need uh, many hours of the work of an experienced person. The monotony of the job means that maintaining consistency can be a challenge. The engineer can become snowblind after many hours scrutinizing the black and white images. Then you may be thinking, maybe this crack is not so important. I just skip this one, mark the next one. Uh, and also, yeah, it's if you show the same tunnel to two different people, maybe they will see a bit different things. So uh, there is definitely some human factor and some human error. So this is one of the advantages of the neural network that you get more consistent results or the, the results are objective. We, we still have some mistakes. Uh, we mostly have false positives. So we train the network to find, basically, if it's not sure, then it should find more damages than they are. 
and then somebody will just quickly go through the results and delete the uh, the results that are actually not not realistic or that are false positives. To demonstrate how the neural network works to identify the status of the tunnel lining, Alzabetta showed us some images that have been processed by the system. We'll include a copy of Alzabetta's presentation to the International Tunneling Association Awards in the show notes. But to explain what we're looking at, imagine if you will a black and white image, or blue hue image, rectangular and in portrait, showing the full tunnel internal circumference. With a very careful study of a somewhat grainy image, it is possible to make out marks that to a trained eye would indicate a crack, water ingress, or some other maintenance issue. Uh, this is the page and the black and white images I talked about. Those would be the ones that you take hours and hours to, to look through. And this is already uh, how the result could look like. Uh, this is one of the yeah, really old tunnels, so uh, there are more damages definitely than, than the new tunnel would have. The main goal of the inspection is to get an overview, the understanding of what is going in the tunnel, if it's getting worse or not, and then to decide which steps should be taken. So this is just a, a medium. The whole inspection is just a, a way how to get the data uh, to make the right decisions. Here we can see the difference. So on the left sides are the cracks um, as people mark them. And on the right sides uh, are the results from the artificial intelligence. Uh, so there you can see that people generalize, which is, yeah, makes sense. Also, yeah, sometimes they, for example, skip some small cracks. So the, the neural network is more more consistent, more more reliable. So you can be sure that in the morning and in the evening you will get the same results. Once the neural network has identified the cracks in the tunnel lining, it is possible then to compare the most recent images with the previous inspection and know if the condition of the tunnel is getting worse or remaining the same. This is important in helping the engineers decide what, if any, intervention is needed. So here is the comparison. So now on the left side is the inspection from 2005. On the right side is an inspection from 2010. And you can see if there are some, some new cracks, new damages, and so on. So you can visually uh, visually compare the state of the tunnel. And another feature here is that, for example, here, if you have a data from the excavation, uh, during the tunneling, uh, then you can also compare where are my damages and what was the geology. So to, to get an understanding, here is another comparison. Here is the analysis of the shotcrete thickness. So you can have a look. Maybe we didn't put there enough shotcrete during the construction and now we have troubles. Or So also to get an understanding how the tunnel should be fixed. The neural network is trained to identify maintenance issues for a specific lining type. If you want to process images from a different tunnel lining, you will need to train the neural network. This is done by feeding the system with example inputs, the images, and the desired output, the manually marked up cracks and other issues. So we have def different neural networks for different lining types, so for different types of the tunnels, and it will work on, yeah, so on the, on the old tunnels, like you see, it will work on the segmental lining, it will work on the concrete tunnel, so... I think that should cover like 99% of what we can have. <laughs>
if you have a bare rock, then it's quite a challenge to, to find something in, in these pictures. This is one of the reasons why for the future we are also thinking about different methods how to capture data. So we have one project uh, to develop a scanner which can directly reflect the humidity. So then the color scale shows you if the water is entering the tunnel. That would also help a lot for the rock sections. There are also some other ideas to actually get the information what is behind the wall and so on. But yeah, that's uh, hopefully in the future we will we will get this data and then the maintenance will be much easier. For now we prepare the platform in the way that we can import different kinds of the data. So as the technology goes forward we can also yeah, implement this information to the inspection. For now it's actually a challenge to get the data because usually one company build the tunnel, another company will maintain the tunnel and they won't exchange the data in between. So just getting the data about the geology is quite a challenge for maintenance. It takes a few days and a few hundred meters of manually inspected tunnel to train the system in a new lining type or to look for something new, such as missing material in the UK's vast network of brick-lined tunnels. The, the neural network is running in the virtual machine. The network runs using cloud computing. So I don't need any special superpower computer for that. So usually the biggest job is to collect the data. So that means that, uh, let's say, if we have this kind of sewage or, or brick tunnel, uh, which we didn't see before, then we will need at least a few hundred meters where the inspection was already done. Comparing the images from the manual inspection and the automated inspection, the difference is immediately apparent. The granular detail of the automated inspection gave a much more accurate depiction of the actual state of the tunnel lining. This could help maintenance engineers understand both the quality of the lining in its present state, but also the rate of change since the previous inspection. Exactly. Well, one difference is that the, the automatic inspection is done faster, so it's actually cheaper to create the results. I think that the maintenance actions from both images would be similar. Uh, the difference it will be when you have the next inspections and uh, then you are looking maybe here is a, a joint probably with some leaking water, uh, which here was not considered as, as relevant, so it was not marked, but here it was marked. So then a few years later, uh, when somebody marks it, then, then you would be maybe wondering, was it there already before or, or it wasn't? So here, yeah, the, the higher level of detail gives you better chance to compare results. The, the main achievements and the main goals we actually had or have with the project of the uh, smart inspection is to increase the efficiency and to save time. And with the artificial intelligence, you can save about 60% of the time. Uh, to do the inspection. Reducing the amount of time the tunnel is closed not only helps reduce revenue losses, but it also reduces the disruption to services. Reducing the many hours of skilled labour in the inspection regime will lead to direct savings for asset owners and operators. And having more accurate results from the inspection will help maintenance crews better plan the intervention requirements. The use of artificial intelligence in the form of neural networks has an enormous potential for the tunneling sector. Neural networks are artificial brains that can be developed and trained to carry out all sorts of tasks. 
Neural networks will in the future take on more decision-making roles on the planning, the design, the construction and the maintenance of our tunnel networks. It is feasible that in the future, AI systems could be operating and expanding our underground infrastructure as we capture more data and teach the systems how to be tunnelers. The Tunneling Podcast is a production of Review Media, produced and hosted by me, John Young, and co-hosted by Rian Owen. Script supervision by Bernadette Ballantyne, series supervision by Martin Nowak of the British Tunneling Society, and our executive producer is Rory Harris. We'll be back again next month with another episode. 